Welcome back to the Dead to the World Nap Time Stories. I'm Lexi. Dasha. <laughs> and I'm Mama Don. <laughs> and we're still in different states, so just a reminder. Yeah, we can't, with us. <laughs> we can't go around this circle table like in our normal order. Tosh is far, far away. Okay, so now we are going to move on to what the nap time stories are, which are listener stories. Yay, listeners! We so, love it when you send us stuff. The first one that I have is from a listener who emailed us named Aka Rash, I believe. Yeah, I looked it up. Oh. That's exactly right. Well, thank you. I mean... Or at least from what? <laughs> Good job. I don't guess I don't need to say thank you for pronouncing <laughs> someone's name correctly. Well, I yeah, if the pronunciation of names online is correct, you did it correctly. Perfect. So he emailed us. Um, was very nice. So I'll read a part of his email. And he said, hello there. I ran into your podcast recently and really loved everything about it. You have a fantastic niche and I truly hope the podcast takes off, which is so nice. Thank you. It is. And I do feel, I agree with him. We do kind of have a, a niche thing going on is here. Is it niche? Well, how about... Ah, ah. <laughs> 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 it is niche. Ow, that scared me. I don't know what's so funny. <laughs> Did you not hear that? No. Oh, because I, it came from it your came computer. From my computer. Oh so my gosh, gosh, it came so loud through I our microphone or through our headphones. The pronunciation and because our headphones are hooked to my laptop. <laughs> yelled it in our headphones <laughs> so what is it <laughs> it's niche That's so i'm an idiot okay so he also recommended some other places for us to get information which was very nice and helpful because as everyone as well as he noticed we get a lot of information from reddit <laughs> oh reddit so we'll maybe now we'll have some more places to get information from for you guys and then he also said, personally, I would love it if you were able to interpret some dreams of mine. I have not posted too many at this stage, but I do have two very vivid dreams I recalled in a couple of blog posts, and he linked them for us on his website. So his website is akarash.com, and that's spelled A-H-K-A-R-H-A-S-H.com. Yeah, he has it. That's a blog location, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I will now read one of his dreams and my interpretation of it. So he titled this dream, Instance Anarchistry. And I'm going to go ahead and read his blog post. It's very well written, so he's on the right track of what he's doing. (laughs) Agreed. This morning, I awoke from a light slumber, having had a dream that felt as real as you and I, more significant than anything one could learn at school or here at church, more consequential than any spoken or unspoken laws in the book. I tell this story through the voice and the eyes of the woman in my dreams, just as I recall my feet in her shoes, my head on her pillow, and my mind in her body. I live somewhere in England, a small village community just outside of Sussex. I'm saying that right, right? Correct. I looked it up, but I wanted to make sure. Where we all had to do our part to keep the land grazing and the water running. I know not what the era was. Perhaps I was pretty... A petty farmer during the time when men wore monocles, flaunted their canes, and tipped their top hats at pretty elegant ladies, but certainly not to the likes of me. As the days passed, I would notice an annoyance during moments when I was only with myself. Whether I was hanging clothes on the line, sifting water from the well, or making a rest from our gatherings in the plains painted with grass, I would find tiny little things around my wrists and ankles. Things resembling stink bugs, but their size was closer to that of a matchstick head. 
I realized that they were there after a long while and only when they had left their marks on my skin as it began to itch and crawl. Naturally, I panicked. At first, I felt ashamed at why these creatures would pick me to serve as their host. What was it about my extremities which attracted them to? At last, I put my ego aside, for I could manage this infliction no more, and I showed these scars to my community. I met no such luck in finding someone who could attribute any meaning to them, and I remained helpless with no cure to remedy them. It was my turn, then, to go down to town for supplies. The bugs did not bother me in my distracted state as I looked in the beauty of my scenic route, eagerly awaiting the city's energy to tantalize my senses, which had grown exceedingly dull over time. When I arrived, I walked around aimlessly for a while as if I were searching for a hidden message to transform this world of mine, and then, in the distance, my eye caught sight of a man. His stature resembled that of the sculpture standing beside him, surrounded by green pasture in the middle of the city square. With him, he had an obscure sign I was unable to read, but could only assume indicated that he was a counselor of some kind. The man's physical appearance evoked a pleasant sense of comfort from my soul, the possession possession of which I remained blissfully unaware in this body or otherwise. He wielded the sort of kind eyes that beamed in perpetuity? In perpetuity. Oh. It's in perpetuity. Okay. He wielded the sort of kind eyes that beamed in perpetuity. Ones I could admire at the surface, but still but would still remind me of the oceans resting beneath them. And when they smiled in my direction, I could feel their tides drawing me in closer to him. His lips, soft, rounded, and peachy so as to express that whatever should come out of them would be untethering. And yet, I do not recall the nature of his teeth. On his hands, some fine black leather gloves ending right above his wrist to convey that despite the filth of the city, his touch was pure. The final feature of no I could gather was his nose, standing in such a way that could never make one feel as though she were below it. The man had a familiarity or a closeness that I cannot describe with the words at my disposal. It was as though he was the brother I always painted in my mind, but never had the pleasure of meeting, boasting my mother's kind eyes and father's wisdom. In this moment, consisting of many moments which seem to defy our very laws of time, I understand not what came over me. His warm, inviting aura pulled me in, little by little, until I found myself bearing my rash wrist before him. My eyes silently pleaded for his guidance to shed some light on my grievous wounds. With not so much as a hello or introduction, for he needed not an introduction, he looked at the ground and paused as if he were trying to find the right words to express his intent. He chuckled to himself as if it were a simple problem with an even simpler solution. Then he let out a breath and stated, Bugs are a bit tricky, speaking in a tongue unfamiliar to me but so familiar at the same time. They only appear when you are unhappy about having to do something you've been told to do. I responded, Told to do? By whom? I was not sure I understood his words. And what? You mean to imply that these rashes and critters that cause them are only a figment of my imagination? To which he quickly responded, aren't we all? Never breaking eye contact, but holding his gloves in the air. He held a brief pause to allow his words to sink into me as I ruminated. Probably reminisced. No, that is not it. (laughs) Okay, well, I think that's what it means. Okay, well, I I will uh, replace it for reminisce, and I'm sorry if that's not what you meant. I reminisced on what he could have possibly meant. I looked at his hands. I looked at the square. I looked to the ground and my feet and into myself. But I could not stand to look into his eyes for more than one second at a time. But he began to explain. You see, the feelings are very real and your marks are simply a manifestation of those feelings. This is the way in which your spirit chooses to symbolize those annoyances. These representations are unique to each person and the method 
with which we choose to convey our deepest emotions to ourselves doesn't make the sentiments any less real. If anything, it makes them all more real. You must find the beauty in the notion that you're communicating with yourself at a level of awareness unknown to your conscious mind. He paused again to give me more time. I continued to linger, picking at my calloused fingertips with my hurried eyes pacing across the setting before me as I combed through his words. His persistent gaze made me uncomfortable, but still grounded me at the same time. This is the case even more so if we aren't really listening to these messages. I can feel that you are nervous and anxious. He threw me a gentle look to imply that I needn't be. You need only peer inward to learn the art of comprehension, and only then will you rid yourself of these and any other nuisance. I nodded slowly, bopping and weaving as the puzzle pieces spewed, scattered from my brain, and then they fell right into place right in front of our eyes through the chaos that consumed my mind in that moment. In a way, I understood him, but I had more questions. Before I could ask any more of the thoughts resting dominant inside me, sorry, dormant inside me, before I could ask who he was and why he felt so familiar, why he knew these things he did, and why he was able to interpret my reality better than I, before I could ask him his name, why he was here, or why I might find him should I need additional guidance, we were interrupted. We were approached by a passerby, a Scot, no doubt, I assumed by the looks of his getup. His, ro- his nose so red that its presence was blinding, and one could hear the strength of his sirens wailing as he carried himself over to us with the heavy weight of his bearings. He leaned forward with such condemnation coating his tongue. Oi, it's you, he screamed for all those to hear if he, if he was provoked by this man's very existence. Why don't you get off your sh- our street and back to where you came from? He let out an irritate spit on the man's sign and charged away, waving down a guard to rid the square of him. It did not seem he minded me at the very least. In fact, I'm not quite sure if he was even aware of my presence. But I could not understand the anger. Did he not see what I was seeing? I wanted nothing more than to defend, to defend this great man, but no words came. Not that anyone would want to hear them in this day and age. I glanced back and forth at them, stuck with my feet trapped firmly in the quicksand that appeared below me, and I felt myself sinking along with the final few sands of time, indicating that our hour had passed. The man was unfazed by the Scots' presence and indicated that he, too, had run out of time as he turned to me and yielded, I guess my reputation precedes me. He recognized my struggle and asked, don't you know that you shouldn't fight it, the quicksand, I mean? Don't forget this next time. I could not understand what any of that meant, but I cared not about his reputation or his past until the moment we met, for I feel as though he held the answers I had been searching for for a long, long time. Before I knew it, in the blink of an eye, he was gone, and and was the sand below me. With not so much as a name I could grasp onto, he slipped out of my hands as quickly as he had entered them. I took these ideas home and kept this wealth of knowledge in my pocket, for I could not fathom that day might come when the words do not ring in my ears. If one instance in the future I am to earn freedom outside the reclusive walls in which the the line that, that edges our world, I hope that I may find the state of solitude in which he resides so that I may meet him once more wherever that may be. The stillness and his indifference in the wake of our social experiences and his soothing omnipotence omnipotence omnipotence, thank you mother (laughs) I cling to them. It is very It is everything I hope to discover within myself so that I might one day pass down this newfound insight to the next person who was hopelessly searching for answers in our busy streets, and I wish for the ability to do so with a likened elegance of my mother's kind eye and my father's wisdom. So that was the dream. Wow. Wow. That That was was amazing. Very in-depth, too. Well, and wow. (laughs) I mean, I know you'll get to the interpretation, but the first part seemed like almost like like he was reliving a past life, Mm -hmm. but then the other part seemed like 
was like very, very deep. Yeah. And understanding. Yeah. I feel like a lot of what his dream actually was, was like super symbolic. Yeah. Agreed. And taking something that is physical, but it manifests because of something emotional. Mm Mm-hmm. So obviously there was a lot there. So I kind of went with like very big main themes that stuck out to me to interpret. So the first thing I kind of looked into was the interpretation of a woman. And a woman appearing in a man's dream can symbolize the exploration of his feeling or sensitive side. And obviously in this dream, he himself was the woman experiencing things in her shoes. But I feel like it almost has the same meaning. Agreed. It was seemed very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I looked into were the chores that she was doing and the annoyance that she felt while doing them alone. So to dream of doing work suggests working on whatever the symbolism relates to. So I looked up housework and cleaning in this case, which can be interpreted as coming clean or revealing what lies hidden beneath the layers of oppression. And specifically to clean clothes, since doing laundry was mentioned and hanging clothes on a line, can symbolize a change in your identity or your career. So the annoyance of being alone and working on these chores simply portrays how you are feeling about this change and what you're coming clean about. So there might be some annoyance attached to whatever change is happening in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, The bugs or insects, they operate in social structures that are similar to our own and can suggest ideas about being a team player or getting caught up in what we believe is required of us. And because they are viewed as pests, they can symbolize social issues that are bugging us. That's very interesting. Right? I was like, oh, never would have guessed that for a bug interpretation. (laughs) Next in the dream, she was like searching for knowledge of what they were and just, you know, wanted to know stuff in general. So dreaming of being in a learning state or setting shows how you are currently learning something new or approaching a new level of awareness in your real life. And then the man or other people in our dreams, they're portraying aspects of us that we associate with them, which we've talked about a lot before in our interpretations. So if the man is unknown, he can portray an untapped potential as we move into the world or become more independent. So, which is, he was unknown, but yet he had familiar aspects. Yes. To so, I, next. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to, again, say that, like, everything we talk about in dream interpretations has a lot to do with how you feel in the dream. So, it could maybe portray um, becoming more independent or, you know, untapping out of what you're used to. But I think the feeling of comfort that comes along with that could show that it's, like, what you've been longing for or it's a good thing mm-hmm. in the sense of this dream. And then the other guy coming and kind of disrespecting this man, um, I think, portrays subconsciously trying to prevent these feelings and this knowledge from coming forward in your waking life. And then quicksand, um, dreaming of being trapped in quicksand, can be a message that the foundation of your established beliefs are undergoing a type of implosion and the foundation is being reworked. And then, yeah. And then at the end of this, um, she had the desire to help others along the same like, you know, she's like, I hope someday I can grasp these concepts to share with someone else who might be struggling. So this represents that you have the desires to help. Sorry, you have the desire to help others along the way who may be feeling, you know, the same as you are in a certain situation. So putting all that together kind of briefly, <laughs> I believe that this dream could represent that there is some type of big change happening in this person's life. Um, whether that be like it was mentioned before, a change in career or just simply a change of your self-identity. And maybe there's some type of societal pressure to be a certain way, which could be upsetting and stressful if the way you're wanting to be is different from what others are expecting of you. Um, And the foundation of how you think or feel is being reworked. And you also have the desire to help others who could be feeling that way. That's awesome. 
Did he have the date on that one of when he wrote it? Um, let me check. I'm just wondering, because there were some things in that dream that actually portrayed to the next dream he had us look at, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And he wrote the one that I'm going to talk about on February 15th. So, Tasha and Daddy oh, Dell's hey. birthday. Hey, Interesting. Hey. Where did it say on yours? Um, it was just when I went to the link at the very top. It, he had just written the title and then, like, what day he dreamed oh, it and March what day he wrote 2nd. it. Okay. So, this is after. Okay. So, this February one's after 15th. the one that I'm going to interpret. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I want to say that, number one, Lex, good job. Thank you. That's probably like the best dream interpretation I've ever heard in my life. Wow. And I mean that. That is a big compliment for Dodge. It was so good. Thank you. And if I ever pursue to write a book, I know who to reach out to for help. Yeah. I know. The writing is so good. Yeah. He is very good at writing. Okay, Mom, do you want to do the next one then from him? Yeah, so the second one he had asked us to interpret was called Concussion Reflections. Okay. So um, I'll just go ahead and with it. So it appears to be set in the future because in the dream world, we had everything in which we had ever dreamed. We were happy and we worked hard every day to reach and maintain this feeling. We owned and ran a quaint cafe on the corner of a lonely street where the walls were exposed with brick and we had a garage door which led to an outside, uh, or excuse me, an outdoor setting. And at last but not least, the kitchen was stocked with appliances of the most esteemed. On this day, there outside sat a group of police officers who were regulars, as we were most famous for our coffee and pastries, for those who were looking for a taste of something different. They always sat at the largest table right by the curb overlooking the streets, and yet not a single second did I imagine that it might be bad for business, given the political suffering. Because everyone who would come to have our sweets was familiar with the loving environment that we used to breed. Each passing school year, a flock of new college students explored themselves in the city. I would find that a majority of the time, it was the misfits who were always drawn to our cafe, and those were the ones we knew by name. We watched them grow and change in the four years of loyal patronage. Some would come back to us alone or with partners or friends alike. They'd tell us we were the first stop of their visit. I would call my partner over in great excitement, and they would say, They'd be remiss if their guests did not have a chance to meet the people who had helped shape them for the better. They often called us their college parents, and they'd explained that we had made our marks on their lives by giving them much helpful, genuine advice. We would stand by and wait for them to finish so that we could return the affection they had given tenfold. And we would be so elated that we would not simply shake their hands, but embrace them as family as best we can. This was the beauty of the place. It was understood mutually along with all, among all who came that the moment you stepped into this cafe, you were a human and you have a life of your own with its own dips and triumphs, its own sorrows and worries, and whatever goals you set out for were encouraged and you would be surrounded by individuals who believed in the humility of connection amongst people with feelings. This also went for our cadre of local partners, each of whom was a trusted friend and compatriot. These relationships were not built of bureaucracy or policies. They were built on gentle strings between kind individuals who paid no attention to the monetary value of their transactions or other extravagant themes. It was simply a pleasure to have the opportunity to spend a little time together. This was the dream we lived in, 
And for a few moments, I was happy as we were sweating and bustling to prepare for our guests. And in the kitchen with my hairnet, I wiped a bit of flour from my gaze when I heard a knock and opened the door to the familiar face delivering some packages. He was familiar, not because I knew him in this other life, but because his face was a worn down version of a Shane I used to know in high school. I had not thought about him in ages, and yet he creeped his way into my dream, and naturally I assumed there must be a significance to this. So I welcomed Shane inside and pointed to where it was a safe place to, uh, to place the packages near the freezer, where he caught wind of the cold and shivered to himself. All the while, I made a note to, my, to myself that he seemed tense, more so than usual, and I could not understand what was wrong in that he avoided eye contact with me, or with not just me, with everything. That was until my dream revealed that the packages were filled with illicit things. As he left to get the remainder of the boxes, I followed him out through the garage opening and down the path next to where his van was parked in the street. And we both stood with our eyes locked, not saying a single thing, mind begging him to lay down his metaphorical sword, for we were speaking in metaphorical words. But before I was able to utter a sound, he broke the silence by summoning the deepest inhale sound as if it burnt as it went down. He took in this air, allowing his expression to change to one of regret as he moved his head back and forth in preparation to excel his words. I'm sorry. Then drawing his gun as I took the aimed bullet straight through the chest, all in an instant, I knew I felt the bullet sting in my dream because my physical body came so tense as it wove into the mind of my body, which was just falling backwards on the sidewalk, where I also hit my head. The taste of metal filled my tongue as the blood rid itself from me in many directions. Then all the screams and chatter erupted as quickly as they dissipated until I heard only the ringing pitch of approaching death. No doubt my loyal police officers would come to my aid and detain this man to stop whatever else he was planning. But I knew it was too late because I quickly realized that by shooting me, he believed that he was preventing the danger that I had created. I knew it was too late because I had long before felt this feeling of my life's force being pulled from my body in its entirety. First, the second slowed, and I have all of the time in the world to reflect on my life in this world. And then the force jets off so quickly as if breaking the atmospheric barrier. And then suddenly I am jolted awake, processing the fact that I am still alive in my bed. Wait, so what was in the packages? Just illicit things. So What's it didn't illicit? specifically say illegal, oh, like drugs okay. or something along those lines. I didn't know if you said illicit or explicit. No, illicit. Okay. I so mean, illegal kind of type some, things. Yeah, illegal okay. type things. So I did want to just kind of say, I'm not going to go through the whole details of what I pulled out, but the things that I pulled out to do my interpretation was the cafe itself, uh, the desserts that the cafe was known for that brought people together. Uh, the police officers, um, the college students that came, and the fact that they were like misfits or kind of outcast people that seemed to hang around there, and that the fact that they felt like that they were family with these owners, and then they would bring their own family in to you know check in with them after they graduated from college, and then the kitchen itself, um, the delivery, what that means, and the fact that the friend, the delivery driver, was a friend from high school the illicit packages, and, uh, of course, just packages in general. 
uh, being shot and then the shooter thinking that they were protecting others or justice wasn't served because the police officers didn't come. And then, of course, death. So those were the things that I looked up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you're not going to say every single thing about them, but just so we know that's what you looked into, right? Correct. Because it would be very, very long if I read every single one of those things, what they meant. And I think that you would get bored. My interpretation is that you are looking for nourishment in life, possibly on a social level, as the cafe is a symbol of providing nourishment in a quick social exchange. You're wanting to really enjoy life and you want life to be rewarding. But just like with most dreams we interpret, this means making a change in life. So only you know what the change is. It could be in a relationship or family or career. Your identity is revolving and seeing the police in your dream is telling you that your internal critic is questioning the transformation. The close relationship that you have with the college students or the misfits or outcasts and their families show that you are open to being taught something new, but are also concerned about how the changes in your life will be viewed by others. However, you are ready to show others love and acceptance. The kitchen in the cafe represents nourishment, but what happens in the kitchen, excuse me, kitchen, associates with your well-being, and this is where the dream takes the turn. Now you're feeling nervous and unsure. The delivery signifies insights to changes manifesting, and the package of Alyssa items shows that you may be secretly carrying around in either uh, carrying around something either through thought or action. There is something about yourself that is wrapped up that needs to be explored. However, having the illegal or illicit materials means that you could lose money in your waking life. So advice is uh, that any financial decisions that you are about to make, that you think long and hard on them, you are sweet and you want to help others, but you need to take care of yourself first. Knowing that you got shot and allowing it to happen in the dream is in a way of allowing painful feelings to be expressed so that you can move beyond them. You have reached a stage that can no longer be warded off as far as this transformation goes. You need to become mature and accept the change and in parentheses, bite the bullet. Having the killer not get justice means that you are working through your feelings and the death symbolizes that you are ready to let the ideas that you had about yourself in the past that are not serving you die away. Interesting. So I, I can see how that kind of relates a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. there's just some aspects the of other like a, a big change that needs to happen. Kind of, I mean, that's what most dreams indicate, but this mm-hmm. seems to be, it sounds like you have a great personality and a great love for people. That's definitely coming through in both definitely. dreams. So yeah, just don't be afraid to be yourself and um, make decisions in your life that are good for you. Agreed. Agreed. Amazing. Love it. Well, th- also, thank, thank you. you for sending us those dreams. They yes. are so interesting. Yeah, and thanks for like introducing us to blogs because that is a great place that we could go and find more information in the future that we hadn't been looking. All right. All okay, right. Tosh, on to you. Well, I think I'm going to keep mine for next time. We would love to get some more stories like we always say. So where should they email us, Tasha? Dead to the world podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Podchaser, please. And follow us on all of our social media at Dead to the World Podcast. Join us next time for a nap time story. Bye.